Alrighty, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Domestic Boyfriends Podcast. My name is Dean. Always is with me my co-host, Vincent. Hello. We have had a little hiatus. Life is a little crazy. Um, but we are back, and man, we have we have some news to bring you guys uh, before we get into this week's topic, which inc- excitingly um, is something that me and Vincent have been waiting for, and when we heard the announcement, we were ecstatic about, and we have been enjoying very much uh, Disney Plus exclusive Moon Knight. Um, oh. It's at the end, but we're going to get through some news beforehand. Um, first, we got some... Uh, movie news. Uh, we're gonna start off really spicy. We're gonna talk about some drama. Um, recently, um, there has been a lot of drama uh, from the Flash actor Ezra Miller. A lot of stuff we're not gonna get totally into in the pod, just because we're not we're not like gossip or anything like that. But a lot of the things that he has done um, have been things that aren't really appropriate, uh, especially if you are. A person who is a public image like he is um, and Warner Brothers has already officially made a statement that they are they're cutting ties with him uh, what that means for the flash movie that's about to be uh, released uh, we're not exactly sure as of right now um, but it's definitely something that is not doing the Snyderverse justice uh, so yeah what yes you, you got some opinions on it uh, I I'm so sad. I mean, I, I've not been a big fan of live-action DC films for a while. I, I tend to stay away from them just because they've been... They, they've not had a good track record outside of Batman movies. Yeah. Um, And I didn't even bother watching the Batman versus Superman buff Batman thing. Um, But, like, this one... This one I was excited for. Uh, It, it seemed like it was going to be good. Ezra Miller... Uh, is a uh, is a good actor. Um, do you think that they're gonna be like, oh, we're so far in, we we have to keep going, but we need to replace the Flash? Um, uh, do you think they're gonna like just grab the? They're gonna like make a deal with the CW? We need we need Grant Gustin. <laughs> we need Grant Gustin. <laughs> Honestly, I they're either gonna I release like it. They're either gonna release it. I I love Grant Gustin as a Flash. He's probably the only. We can get into a whole tangent about the CW stuff later, but um, Power Rangers. I, I, I really like them. But this is honestly a question of what Warner Brothers wants to Warner Brothers wants to do in general, because he's also in the new Fantastic Beast movie. Oh, that's true. I completely forgot that he's like the main person there too. Yeah, so he's he's oh, actually no. um, he's what you call it? He's Snape. He's like young Snape, I think. So. He's all ar- that's already produced. I think it just got released or is going to be released soon. So yeah. it's whatever Warner Brothers wants to do with that because if you know with everything happening, everything that happened between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, they recast Johnny Depp's character. What if they just like pixelate his face the entire time he's on screen, uh, <laughs> and then like put like a voice modulator over it? Honestly, I'm not sure what they're going to do because this is a big project. And, you know, normally I feel like Warner Brothers might take the bullet, but I don't think that they're, they're going to scrap it. If I the plot leaks were on Reddit and Twitter uh, a couple weeks ago, and from the leaks, it seems like it's a really good movie. 
but I don't know if you see it's such a big thing and especially since it was supposed to do something with the rest of the Snyderverse that I don't know if they're gonna scrap it I feel like that's too much money too much money too much effort too much Warner Brothers can't sacrifice for something that they've pretty much already blown down the hole themselves you know what I mean yeah no I agree uh, with Ezra Miller's departure from the Snyderverse uh, leaves Gal Gadot and anything Wonder Woman related and the yet to be released Aquaman 2 and anything to do with Jason Momoa um, which personally I don't think Aquaman 2 should be made because of everything that happened between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp but that's just personal opinion I I think Aquaman 2 should be made uh, but what I think they should do is just change pixelate the her face have... <laughs> we could do that or we could change the plot of it and have Aquaman become like a horrible villain and just have Amber Heard die like a really gruesome death within the first five minutes so he just goes on a tirade and invades the human world yeah completely breaking his character but like make him go evil go insane want to just cause hatred um, and then all of a sudden he gets a fucking, you see a red glow appear oh, and Jesus. a ring appears in front of him. <laughs> Jason Momoa. You're going really black. You can night. cause great hatred. <laughs> yeah. You're going some real blackest night stuff. I, I liked it when Mira got the fucking red lantern ring. Which makes me kind of, night, dude. it was so cool. I love the relationship because, okay, we can literally, we're going to talk about blackest night one day on the pod because there's yeah, so really much weird. to it, but Blackest Night is what made me reread that that run of Aquaman because I didn't know everything that happened, but like he went through it. He lost an arm, he lost a son, uh, then he died. Like Arthur Curry went through it uh, in the in the flat in the Flash the Aquaman run before that. Um, yeah, Blackest Night, one of my favorites. Dying is a pretty low point in anyone's career. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in in the DC universe, it's not that bad. It's true. Like, it's you, like Dragon Ball. You'll eventually get Next revived. time I die, I get a free parfait. Yeah, yeah. They probably have punch-out cards. Um, but yeah, really sad stuff to hear um, about that. Um, in better news, uh, the Multiverse of Madness final trailer dropped, and we got some uh, artworks, uh, uh, poster works, I think, um of the characters and yeah i i'm the more i see about it the more i am cautiously excited about what they could be doing to this movie because there's a lot going on do you think we're gonna get like toy spoilers uh we already have. for professor x oh stuff? ooh, whatever character <clears throat> whatever character patrick stewart is playing I I don't know. I feel like that's be too much of an, a spoiler, because like him sitting down, I'm, everybody sits down. That doesn't mean he's bound to a wheelchair. So, if he becomes, if he's a different character besides Charles, then no. But even if he is Charles, still no, because that's major spoilers. That's like how they weren't doing the trailers and everything containing yeah. uh, Andrew and Toby until like what was it a couple weeks after the release then they're just like fuck it we're just gonna have it yeah we're just gonna include them make more people come like everybody who didn't want spoilers already showed up to the movie so yeah um 
Yeah, it definitely did make a lot more people come. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that word. Um, they, they came to the movie. Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't remember what you said to me earlier. <laughs> what? What? Don't make it weird. Okay. So, yeah, consciously excited about Multiverse of Madness. Whatever's happening, uh, super excited. We'll, if it ties into what if, um, we have yet to see, but a lot of people are speculating that. Um, but yeah, um, in in sadder uh, DC news, in Marvel news, all of DC news is sad. Um, uh, Morbius, uh, neither of us saw it. Um, it apparently was a total disaster. Uh, apparently, trailer footage wasn't even in the actual movie. It was all bait and switch stuff. Even the director spoiled the end credit scene. Just a big flop for Sony. Um, not surprising uh, with their track re- record. Venom was okay, um, but uh, definitely sad to see uh, because I I it's Spider-Man related. So you want high hopes for all of that stuff, but. Didn't, didn't the director go on record to say that if he said what universe it was supposed to be in, he would get, like, shot? Which sort of confirms that it's so, that it was supposed to be in the Amazing Spider-Man's universe. I, I I don't even know. I think he even confirmed it on Twitter, but, like, there's just so much with, like, the post-credit and, like, explaining how some characters got there. They're like, it, I, I don't even think it's worth, like, any form talking about how this movie just was a total train wreck. I would be um, so happy if they just gave Andrew his third movie. He deserves it, man. Yeah, honestly, like, a lot of people are talking They would about, make money! A lot of people, I've seen a lot of people on TikTok talk about it. They were just like, they have a joint thing over Peter Parker. Like, there's so many other things they could do. Like, they could literally make movies about any other spider person or, you know, just make movies about the existing plot lines that they have. But um, apparently Sony doesn't know what they're doing. So, yeah. Uh, next, we have... Now, I am not a really big fan of this franchise. I saw the first two movies. I can I, I really love Greek mythology. Um, but I haven't delved into the books yet. Um, but uh, Walker... Uh, Scoboli, uh, sorry if I pronounced it wrong, um, who was one of the main characters on The Adam Project, a movie directed and produced by Ryan Reynolds, uh, was casted to play Percy Jackson in the upcoming Percy Jackson live-action adaptations. Now, unlike, make good. unlike me, Vincent has a lot to say because he is actually a fan of the series. I own every single book, including the Egyptian side series that he made. Oh, that's cool. Um, oh my God, Percy Jackson's such, such a good series, and it was so. It, it's it was really important for me as a kid, um, because I have ADHD. Um, growing up, uh, with it, especially like when I did, when like knowledge about it wasn't necessarily the most common thing. Now, now it's just really commonplace. Most people. Um, either know about ADHD, have it, or know somebody with it at this point. Um, And having a hero like Percy Jackson and all of the Greek kids who have quote-unquote ADHD um, and just having it center stage 
uh, for a young child to read really, really helped fix my views on it as a kid. The, the I think they s explain it in the first movie, but like the reason why the kids have ADHD is not because they actually have it. It's just that um, their minds are still wired to be um, always attentive and ready to fight because of their Greek god blood or something. It's huh. kind of goofy, but I was there for it. Interesting. <clears throat> um, yeah, I... I have high hopes for this because I want to get invested into a world like this. Um, if anybody knows, like, Greek mythology or, like, has read Greek stories, um, uh, it's definitely, like, a lot, a lot to consume. Uh, a side note, I didn't even have this in my notes, but we're talking about this and we're talking about Greek mythology. Um, there's this guy on TikTok that I follow, and shameless plug, uh, he is actually writing a play, like, a, a musical about uh the odyssey you were you were you, you were in theater you should be interested in this <laughs> um yeah Ooh. uh he's doing a musical about the odyssey it's called epic um i'll send you the guys tiktok after we're done that's epic um but it's literally a musical retelling of the odyssey through and through um with amazing songs uh and they're actually going uh into some type of production soon uh they were just at a film festival uh, and he announced awesome. a producer. Uh, they've already cast people for voices for songs, for the digital at least. Um, digital and physical is going to be totally different, I'm guessing. Uh, kind of like how like Hamilton is. Or like other stuff, like um, In the Heights. Like their songs are different digitally. There's like the recorded album, and then there's like the movie album. Uh, which are different voices usually. Um, at least for like the songs of the characters. Um, but yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. Percy Jackson. Yeah. Um, next thing I, ha uh, I have is, um, on the 18th, uh, which should be the, uh, next Monday, uh, from when this gets released, uh, the Batman is being re released on HBO max, which is really soon. Uh, but it's a really good movie. So I feel like it should, uh, as the more people can see it, the better. I'm probably, I, I don't know if I should have my sister watch this movie. She's still kind of young, but at the same time, like, this is such a good movie. I don't know. After all those, those reviews that you were telling me from last time, like, they're just like, I shouldn't have brought my child. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, my sister's kind of messed up. It, uh, it depends. <laughs> if she's mature enough, then probably. I mean, she's watched all of albeit it's like not nearly as like bloody and messed up that it uh as um as the batman but she has like watched um suicide squad she's um which both one new and old she's oh. watched the harley quinn series she's watched oh yeah no. like she's invested in dc and she's watched some like more gruesome things yeah i put point. her in a dark room for a couple hours and then let her watch it she can mix the two tones together. Step away and come back after she finished the movie. I'm like, how was it? And she looks at me. She's like, <coughs> I vengeance. <laughs> Justice. <laughs> um, in our last piece um, of the movie news, uh, I believe, I 
the I think Vincent has some other stuff. But uh, the last thing on my list uh, is Sonic Two, just released. Really good movie scores, um, and uh, minor spoilers from the post credits. There's probably going to be a third one. Uh, but yeah, it. I want to ask about the post credits scene. I still haven't seen Sonic One, and I know I need to. What, uh, what, uh, streaming is it on? It's HBO, right? Oh no, I think it's just movie release right now. It might just be on Star. Movie release. I think it's just on Star. Mm-hmm. It might be on Star. <clears throat> um, well, I'll tell you after the podcast. I've yeah, um, I've heard there might be Shadow coming, which would be cool. I I was always a fan of Shadow because he has uh, weird rocket. The shoes. gun. Oh. Oh, the gun? Yeah, yeah, the Shadow video game is a masterpiece and should be having, like, a 4K HD remake. Yeah. Um, but moving on, um, also related to Sonic, Jim Carrey uh, has announced now, after the Sonic movie, that he is planning on retiring. He has said that he has done enough, he has made enough, and honestly... He kind of has. He's He's dipped his toes in everything. He's been acting for... 40 years. I tried to find an exact number on it, uh, but Google decided to give me a at least, which is kind of weird for a search engine of Google's like notoriety. But uh, it says at least 56 movies. Not, I don't think that includes any of his comedy specials that he's done over the years. Um, that man has really seen it and done it all. Um, and what a great way to end your career with being Dr. Robotnik. Eggman himself. Yeah, man. Um, along with that, um, we have another notable actor retiring. Unfortunately, this one is on a sadder note because it's more of a forced retirement. Uh, Bruce Willis has um, been diagnosed with aphasia. Um, and because of that, his family has announced that, um, he's going to be retiring also after at least 40 years of acting. Uh, but he has a, he has a kill count of also at least, thank you, Google, um, at least 126 movies. That is not, not, not bad. That's not bad. That's crazy. That is a life lived full of your career. Man. That that's that's so many movies. That that's that's a good chunk of somebody's life. That's that a lifetime, yeah. Devoted to watching Bruce Willis every single day. Yeah, it's um, it's really sad to hear. Um, especially because like he he was so passionate for the art form, and he's just a, he's just a great actor. And not not saying that I I just shouldn't say I shouldn't say it. Um. It, it's not, it's not, uh, aphasia is a, uh, linguistic, uh, disorder, so I can, um, from my brief Google search, uh, I can only understand that, that this probably affects his speech, um, he probably won't, wouldn't be able to do the majority of what, uh, they'll ask him, like, speaking-wise, um, but he's still there, it's, it's not something like he he has amnesia or he has like memory loss. So uh, hopefully we still see him in Hollywood. It's just not the way that we're used to. Like yeah. I, 
I, I hope to see him at the next Oscars. I really, I, I really hope to, too. Thank you for the great transition as well into my next point. Speaking of the Oscars, <laughs> um, while, while we've been taking a break, a lot, of, a lot of stuff happened. The Oscars happened, which was a very fun time to watch. The, one of the best Oscars, mostly because uh, Will Smith slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. Um, and uh, we've finally seen what seems to be the final resolution of all this. Will Smith still keeping his award, which I think he definitely deserves. He is uh, he's an amazing actor, has been for a long time. But he has now been banned from going to the Oscars and being present there for 10 years. Could you imagine if like he still wins awards, but they have to like hand it off to oh like the director? God. They're just like this send is for it, Will... send it like UPS. Yeah, this is for Will Smith, uh, but we'll give it to him later when we Uber past his house. We'll FedEx, we'll FedEx it to him. Don't worry, we'll pay extra money so they kick it extra hard. Or like he always um, loses. Oh God, that, that's drama. Uh do you? I, at this point, now that he's been banned for 10 years, I think it's very safe to say that uh, he that this was not staged. This was definitely just him being really, really mad. Um, Oh, my God. I didn't even notice your profile picture. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Rock. Hey, I, I really like that the headband. Um, it, it's kind of hard to see since it's small, but the headband says beast mode. Oh, um. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's an interesting thing that happened, and uh, whether still it still doesn't feel real. Yeah, whether it was staged or not, it was definitely, it was definitely interesting. I definitely think Chris Rock should have looked at him and just been like, Is "That all you got?" Like, ah. But Chris Rock took that like a champ, and and the fact that he didn't want to press charges afterwards and that he was just really really chill about it was awesome. Yeah. There's there's even more drama behind that with like everybody involved, um, but yeah, uh, I think that's all we have for uh, movie news. Correct me if I'm wrong. I have one okay. more. All right, sweet. Um, it's a movie that is not officially out yet, but it has already broken records um, for sitting at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes for longer than I've ever seen any other movie do for pre-movie, like, screenings. Um, the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, the m one movie that I've been s more excited for than I ever thought I would be for a movie to come out. Uh, the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is the Nicolas Cage movie where Nicolas Cage plays, plays himself. Cage. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yes. for a second I'm... I was staring at my screen like, what is this movie about again? And then I was just like, oh, this is the Nicolas Cage movie. I am so unbelievably excited. I have always been a big fan of Nicolas Cage. Honestly, like, Ghost Rider growing up, uh, I know people kind of don't like the Ghost Rider movies. Uh, I didn't like the second one, I... but the first one was fucking amazing. <laughs> I loved I loved both of the Ghost Rider movies. The second one was just fucking goofy. Um, but Nicolas Cage, what an amazing man. It, if, you can, if you can act out a scene where you say the entire alphabet and make it enjoyable to watch, I think you've cemented yourself as a good actor. And Nicolas <laughs> Cage has definitely done that. It reminds um, me of this thing that I saw where it was kind of... He's, he's playing himself, right? And, like, a lot of 
movies have like meta stuff like that where like a character will come in and like they'll be themselves like it happens a lot for like musicians or like news anchors and stuff like that where like they have like ellen playing ellen because the like they're gonna show the show for like a couple seconds because like the news is showing but it reminds me of this video i saw and it was like adam sandler and all of his friends were just playing themselves and having a fun time during grown-ups like they were just they they were just like they were just being themselves and spent like millions of dollars on like a vacation that was also a movie oh yeah but yeah um that should be an exciting movie i think that's the not that's like one of the few non non comic book or action related movies that i will watch by myself that's not with my fiance yeah yeah i i think i'm just gonna try to force and drag as many people with me to see that movie as i can (laughs) um i i think that movie is going to be deserving to see by like anyone yeah um all right i think that's everything for our uh movie news so uh i will let vincent take away what we have for our small bit of game news yeah um uh really really awesome event happened um over the over the weekend um albeit like a month or two later than the actual 20th anniversary we had the 20th anniversary event for kingdom hearts um it's crazy to think that the game series has been going on for that long and it still doesn't make sense um darkness well why not light um but at the event um I, I was really worried that they were going to show off footage like they had um, previous at the previous event where they showed off Kingdom Hearts 3 and like none of the footage came out. Uh, it was just really it was kept behind closed doors and nobody got to see it until we got like an actual playable gameplay thing at E3. Fortunately, Square Enix did not do that this time and gave us all of the trailers they dropped. Um, we are getting Kingdom Hearts Missing Link, which is a new mobile game. Uh uh, where you actually it, it, it's an actual like 3d the kingdom hearts game it seems like it's probably going to be like three three five eight days over two but just on mobile and then mixing in uh um union cross characters which is going to be cool um i'll play it i i have the android emulator on my computer so i'll just play it on my computer it'll be fun um, we had the final update announced for Kingdom Hearts Union Cross, uh, the previous uh, mobile game for Kingdom Hearts series. So it'll give us even more important lore that I'm going to watch on YouTube because I can't be bothered to play through the entirety of that game. I think it's around like 60 plus hours at this point. Um, and then the biggest announcement, Kingdom Hearts 4 is in development. We don't have a date yet for when it's going to come out. We don't we have did a get a trailer like that. We got a trailer, and what a trailer, man! Like, yeah, um, so so many implications showing off a character that we never thought we'd see again, and a character that will confuse anyone who's not played Union Cross. Yeah, um, already explained, and because people were talking about it within the fandom after uh, it was released, he's just in a different world. The art style change isn't big. This this still Kingdom Hearts. Don't worry. Um, he's just in a different art style, uh, just like he's going to 
the parts of the Caribbean world or like any of the other worlds, like the toy world or anything like that. Also, um, important thing to note, uh, I, I guess spoiler warning. Yeah. Spoiler warning for the end of kingdom hearts three. Um, but kingdom kingdom hearts as a franchise has always done like really goofy and interesting and weird things, uh, being like, uh, this game, uh, that cares really a lot about the number 13, its sequel is going to be announced exactly like 13 years later to the date, uh, have a lot of like importance on numbers and just like little details. Um, at the end of the DLC for Kingdom Hearts 3, Sora fights, um, fights a certain person in, uh, the world that we see him in, in the trailer for Kingdom Hearts 4. And you can see the apartment building that Sora's in from there. Well, if you uh, take the camera over and get a closer look at that building, that exact building is a real building in Japan. And that building is the building where the 20th anniversary event took place. Oh, wow. It's amazing. I, I, this is why I love this series. Little little stuff like that is the most relevant information that you would ever see. I'm still waiting to hear how they're going to explain why Ke why Sora was in uh, Super Smash Brothers because that has to be canon now. Eh. <laughs> I, I I I I jumped in Discord the other day and I I I I was talking to this. I I got into it. Okay, I'm gonna ramble for a minute. I got into a power scaling debate on TikTok uh with this guy and he was saying how it was like one of those like versus videos and like they were talking about character versus character and how it'd go down and who'd win um and he said like sosuke eisen from bleach versus sephiroth right and for those who don't know uh whether wh whether this becomes a power scaling debate for me or not um Sosuke, uh, the characters in Bleach are, like, extremely strong because they have spiritual pressure, and spiritual pressure is, like, literal, like, gravitational force, um, like, manifest, um, and that's, that, that shows how strong they are, like, uh, some characters in Bleach, like, literally can destroy, like, a literal essence of, like, soul energy, which, soul energy is a whole other debacle. But Sosuke Eisen is debatably, like, the biggest villain in the series. Super strong. Uh, and they said that Sephiroth would beat him. And I said in the comments, no. Because what he said was Sephiroth was a, a high outer character. Uh, and the high outer, like, curriculum means that, like, he exists, like, I believe on, like, a scale that sits outside a universe. And the, the reason he said this was because he said Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts uh, are connected, right? Uh, he said they're canon to each other. And he said, if Sephiroth scales to Sora, then that means that he is high outer because Sora is a character that sits outside the known universe. Um, which, uh, in general in my opinion, sounds bonkers uh, because of, like, the implication that, like, certain characters can, like, destroy a known universe uh, with, like, no effort. Uh, 
but it really went down the rails when I said, does that mean that Luigi is high outer because he shares the same universe as Smash? And he said yes. Mm. And it went down a whole debacle debate of me saying that it doesn't make any sense. Uh, the guy has thus stopped responding. This was like a month or two ago. Uh, and I, it just it just made me think about that. And I was, he was scaling Sephiroth to be... Uh, he was scaling Sephiroth to be such a powerful character because he's canon to Kingdom Hearts. And uh, I said, well, shouldn't everybody in Smash be that powerful? And he was just like, yeah. But anyway, tangent over. Um, which uh, is Kingdom Hearts... From what I've read, Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy do not share the same continuity. It's the fact that Kingdom Hearts has Final Fantasy elements and does have Final Fantasy characters in its world. But Final Fantasy... Kingdom Hearts isn't canon to Final Fantasy, but Final Fantasy is canon to Kingdom Hearts. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. That, that is correct. Like, whatever Sora does doesn't affect what's happening in the Final Fantasy world. Yeah. But things that happen in Final Fantasy can reflect in the Kingdom Hearts world. Yeah. There, there is a popular fan theory which does connect Sora to being able to get away to um, Smash Brothers. Uh, where in Kingdom Hearts 2, Sephiroth and Cloud have a, a fight with each other. And then the fight ends with them just disappearing and flying away cloud grows a wing and they just fly away and disappear um and the theory there is that where they went is they went to go fight in smash brothers um oh which if if uh if sora used the power of waking and just connected himself to cloud's heart he could just go from kingdom hearts 3 <laughs> into smash brothers interesting that's the multiverse multiversal yeah. connection <laughs> um but i uh, think i think that's all we had for video game news right yes uh all right well from there uh we will move on to anime news i'll let uh you take it and uh i actually only have um one thing to say after your news yeah absolutely um so uh, both my things are pretty minor, but really major to me. Um, as of the end of last season, Attack on Titan, the final season, part two, ended. And immediately it was announced that uh, in 2023, we're going to get Attack on, si uh, Attack on Titan, the final season, part three, the final arc. Um, God, the names cannot get longer. Uh, I, I had long joked after I found out that the final season was going, was getting a part two that we were going to end it off with a movie, um, after the final season, part three, and they did me one better and gave me an entire another season of anime to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. We had a whole talk about the ending of Attack on Titan, um, before the start um but this is just wrapping the this last season unlike prior ones is only wrapping up two volumes um if it's going to be a full 24 episode season that's a bit of a stretch but um even 12 episodes in my opinion is 
kind of stretching the content up. Uh, whether they do an anime-only ending uh, is still for debate. Hasn't been confirmed. Uh, but uh, is very exciting uh, to see the rest of Attack Absolutely. on Titan animated. Absolutely. It, it's crazy for me to think that that... Like, obviously, Attack on Titan has been around longer than when the like first season of the anime came out. But, like... Uh, that sh it started coming out when I was a freshman in high school for the anime. Yeah. Um, and now almost a a full decade later, it's going to end. Um, albeit there was like a pretty long hiatus between uh seasons one and two, correct? Yeah. Um, it's five but years. Still, like it's still so much. Um. Last bit of anime news that I have. Uh, Shield Hero uh, Season 2 finally has started airing. It comes out on Wednesdays, the first episode. Amazing. I, I went into it thinking, <coughs> oh, we're probably just going to like reintroduce the characters. There's going to be some minor setup. And then they just smack you over the fucking head with so much plot development and like really important stuff that's happening. There's already a new apocalypse. Let's go. We're gonna have a great season here, folks. Uh, still something I so something that's on my bucket list to watch. Um, so good, but exciting. Um, I have uh, one thing, uh, and actually, I'm, I'm gonna talk about this beforehand. Um, Crunchyroll is apparently going to be implementing uh, a pre. They're going to be putting the simulcasting uh, as premium as a premium service. Uh, those for who don't know, uh, simulcasting is when uh, you get the episode at the same time as it is released in japan if not like a couple minutes afterwards or like an hour after or something like that um s instead of the next day or the next week um the way that it works in crunchyroll is you get the newest episode if you're not a premium member a week after its release uh so they uh uh i, th I think yeah so Simulcasting is becoming a premium feature uh, along with, I think, something else with ads. Um, I wouldn't know. I, I, I pay for my anime. Um, so that's just something minor. A bunch of changes have been going on uh, with Crunchyroll for the past couple of years and even more with their uh, purchase of Funimation. Uh, but with that said, a new anime that I have been super hyped for, I've been telling everybody to watch when it comes out because it is a awesome slice of life. Spy Family, first episode was released this week or the end of last week, I don't quite remember, um, with a dubbing that is going to be released uh, April, April 15th, uh, this upcoming f uh, Friday, um, with possible uh, concurrent dubbings post-release. Hopefully, um, I always think I always think it's maddening how like dubs nowadays come out like hours after the release in Japan. Like these people like work their asses off for voice acting. Um, I that's crazy. I I've grown to I started uh, watching anime with dubs, and I always was a fan. And then I started watching subs, and I stopped being a fan. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one show turned me back to dubs, and I was like, oh, yeah, these can be good. And that was Shield Hero. Shield Hero's dub, amazing. Uh, <laughs> and I, she, season one, season two, I'm not, I can't hold myself back. I just need the information right now. Uh, but season one, I waited uh, until the dub came out just to watch it, because now Fumi's voice actor is just mm, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, as I, I, I don't know. I think it was, it just, what's dubbing for me, it, it was like what was on TV. Like, of course I watched it. But as I started watching anime independently from what was on TV, like online, I just said forget about the dub. Mm-hmm. And now I even prefer watching certain shows like in Japanese like whatever <laughs> like uh I watched the entirety of the Star Wars Echoes thing in Japanese yeah um and uh I I also found out that the voice actor for Jirai from Naruto voiced the watcher uh from what if uh but that was just because like I had my language set and Disney Plus didn't switch it back um, and I accidentally was watching. Wait, what if has the Japanese dub? Yeah, a lot of a lot of Disney Plus stuff has Japanese dub. Oh my god! Yeah. Why like, was I not told sooner? I watched. Um, uh, there was something that I tried to watch Japanese dub. I tried to watch the Pacific Rim Netflix show, um, but Pacific Rim was originally an American art form, and I under I, I understood some of the things faster when they were in english so that was something that i it was an animated show and i was like i'm gonna watch it in sub but i was just like eh, it sounds better in dub anyway and yeah it's just always been that way and i also read manga so it goes for me i'll read manga then i'll watch the animation when it comes out as soon as it comes out so that usually means that it's going to be in japanese um, but yeah, um, I think that's all of our news. I had a thought when we were talking about Sonic, but I completely forgot. So, yeah, um, we will get into this week's topic. Um, alright, so this week's topic, we're going to be talking about, uh, the, the very famous, uh, the famous, fa- very famous warrior, um, that is empowered by the moon, uh, that dresses up, uh, while fighting crime. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Sailor Moon, the first two episodes. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, Vincent, are you, are you excited about Sailor Moon? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that they made, uh, Tuxedo Mask into such a, like, comedic anti-villain this yeah time. yeah they, they really took a joker approach to it yeah um, he definitely really does live in a society truly truly um but anyway so we're gonna be talking about moon knight this week um the first two episodes um the next episode comes out next week or tomorrow <laughs> not next week it does come uh, episode four doesn't does come out next week uh but so today we're going to talk about the first two episodes. I guess we'll break it down uh, episode by episode and then talk about how we feel about the show so far. Um, the first episode uh, was definitely interesting. How do you feel 
about the perspective starting with Steven instead of Mark. I liked it. I liked it. Go, just hopping into what seems like a normal, a normal person's life that's just kind of off and you're not sure why and things unravel throughout the course of the episode. Um, it was a very, very fun experience. I, I was definitely, I, I felt like they were going to take some type of route like this just to kind of throw people off just because they're like the, the origins of Moon Knight and his history is very convoluted. Um, and depending on the run, uh, could be totally drastic from the last, um, in the comics at least. And the way that this starts is so, I don't know, the song is stuck in my head even now. Like, it's on TikTok and, like, people make, like, memes about it, like, waking up, like, Moon Knight. And, like, they copy the opening. I thought the funniest one was somebody crunched up some Skittles and put it into their shoes. Um, which that oh, opening God. part was super interesting because uh like the the implications of like what uh what uh what what's the main villain's name again i it completely oh hero hero i think so is that the Harrow? name of the hero hero so hero um in the first episode we see that he's like this religious figure for Amet, who in the comic books is usually just an avatar is like takes form of like Mark's therapist um mm -hmm. which it's interesting that they're taking this perspective because I don't think Harrow or I don't think I think Harrow's an original character and I think Amet's never had this type of role for Moon Knight definitely taking like a sun god raw perspective uh that we saw um in i forget whose run but that was what everybody had predicted that this guy was going to be the avatar for raw and it was going to be raw versus Kanchu, like the sun and the moon mm. but yeah i definitely i thought it was interesting i think it's very thematic that steven has this job uh working in a museum whether or not this was like all of part of mark's plan but i'm rambling so i, I, I want to hear your opinions about the first episode well the opening with harrow doing the ritual was really cool uh but it also um <coughs> hurt me when i saw him uh put the broken glass into his shoes and start walking yeah. around in it i i'm very adverse to like foot pain as i've come to realize as well as like hand pain i'm not sure why that is but anytime that pops up i immediately am like no not for me tapping out enough i'm done uh mark's so uh not mark uh steven steven is so awkward as a character and I which is him. which so is quirky which is interesting because that's not his personality that comic book readers know of, of Stephen Grant. Stephen Grant yeah. is very much the, like, he's he's the playboy, like, I wouldn't say, like, straight edge, but, you know, he's not, has, he's not this goofy guy. He's supposed to be, like, a playboy. 
like a playboy philanthropist that like gets gets Mark the money to yeah. be Moon Knight. Yeah, he's supposed to be the Tony Stark personality. Yeah, for not him. the nine to five museum worker. Yeah. Um, I thought the episode was so it it had it it didn't have a lot. The first episode didn't have a lot, but it felt so fulfilling. It's like when you eat a really light meal, but you still feel full. Yeah. Like we didn't get. Uh, the bit of action that we got was very much at the end, which I thought in episode two we were going to see the other perspective of the fight scenes that we see uh, Mark and Steven flash in and out of. Mm-hmm. But it, it wasn't disappointing seeing. Like, I didn't see this guy beat these guys up, but him, like, going in and out of consciousness and, like, waking up with, like, a gun or, like, a bloody bloodied fist is just so i don't know i don't want to say like the marvel's take on this feels refreshing but like it's definitely not what we're used to and i really like it absolutely um it how terrifying must it be for steven to like just fall asleep and then wake up nowhere nowhere near home no not knowing anywhere and then all of a sudden just to get start getting shot at yeah if um i i can only imagine this is like a very exaggerated feeling that people with did actually get like Mm -hmm. especially if like from my understanding with did sometimes like alters like are very much like unconscious but sometimes like it's described that they can like view they they can't interact as the person but they can see what is happening to the body uh kind of like how when mark you see the reflection of mark uh when steven's in control like mark honestly he knows what's happening but it isn't till it, it isn't till the second episode that we actually see him conscious but not in control uh, but the ending of the first I, I don't know if there's anything in the middle you want to talk about that uh, um, uh, Haro's powers are kind of interesting um, We uh, in the comic books there was an event that uh, sounds kind of similar to what Haro's doing uh, you know preemptively killing off the the now innocent for future s- crimes they may commit um very civil war 2 in the comic books using like a precognitive inhuman to kill off people or not to kill off people to arrest people who haven't done any crimes yet Mm -hmm. um this this is a whole movie i forget the name of it (laughs) um like where they they oh my goodness i'm gonna there's gonna be so much slander in the comments if somebody hears this uh like preemptively there's there's literally a movie about this the first thing that pops up in my head was psychopaths yeah it's, uh, yeah i feel like a better <laughs> a better a better explanation for us weebs is psychopaths like using stress levels and detecting like threat levels based on like blood pressure and like possible intent uh but for haro it's like using uh a met's magic 
uh, using his tattoo. Yeah. He flexes it and makes it move around a little bit. He's like, ooh, that one's slightly yeah. lower. You're dead. Yeah, I, I mean, Maui can do that, but he doesn't go off around killing people, so. True. Maybe Maui was um, the host of I met before Ra. him. <laughs> He's uh, the host of yeah. Ra. <laughs> He's the host of Ra. Interesting. Um, but the first episode, uh, I think that's pretty much everything in the first episode that's important. Uh, you see, like he has this, he he has the cell phone where like he's calling Layla, who in the second episode we meet and everything. Uh, but he also gets a call from Frenchie. It's Frenchie's actual name, which I totally missed. But he gets a bunch of calls from Layla, but then he he, he gets one call from Frenchie. Which I, fr- I missed the Frenchie phone call. Which Frenchie was like, it, it's literally like he's scrolling down his missed calls. And it's Layla, 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 Frenchie's actual name, which I didn't know until, like, after TikTok had told me it was supposed to be a Frenchie reference. And then Layla, 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 Layla. So, Frenchie's out there. Um, I love... Oh, sorry. Go, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I loved um, when he got... <sighs> when he managed to get back and wake up and he thought it was all a dream of being wherever he was i don't know if they even like said where he was no um, a lot of people are speculating because they saw a castle and everything that it was supposed to be latveria but i feel like that's a stretch um but i love that he thought it was a dream the fact that the goldfish grew a fin back is weird um it's a different fish is that what it is yeah it's, it's supposed to be a different, different fish, fish? It's implied that something happened to it, and Mark was like, "Oh, I gotta give him a new fish because I, I think, I think it's not explained in the second episode or anything, but like, I guess it's more implied that Mark has kind of like set up this world for Stephen as like the body to do as like the the altar to do stuff throughout the day, but Mark does everything else at night. Kind of like how the symbiote was in Spider Man Three. Okay. And, like, maybe... That makes more sense. For some reason, in my head, it was that the scarab had something to do with it and that he had in there. It was, like, regenerating his fish. Oh, no, 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 no. But, no, that that makes more sense that it's just a new fish. Yeah, no. Um, My my thought process is Mark forgets to feed the fish at night, and then it just died. So he was just like, crap, Stephen's going to know that the fish is gone. I, I loved how broken he was when... The girl is like, it's hard to have steak on a Friday when it's Sunday. Yeah, that scene um, was so well, well directed and well acted out. I, I, I felt like I was watching like a sh- like a drama show in like Oscar Isaac's. It, it it was a really good performance. I was laughing so hard when he's like, "Yeah, I like the best bit of the steak and the." <laughs> yeah, he was just like, steak. "I'm vegan. How I don't know like- how to cook it." How would you like it done? And he's like, "Good, good. I, I like it really good." good. I like like it I, good. the guy's just like, "All right, well, yeah. well done, I guess." No, um, there were some good bits. I, I really, there's bits in episode two that I just find hilarious. But, um, the end of this episode, they get cornered by Amet because Haro ends up at the museum. Uh, judges him, says that. Like, uses his powers and uses the cane, and he judges him, and he says there's much chaos in his body. 
um, whether that's like uh, inferring to him that like Moon Knight himself is doing good, but his his ends aren't very good. Like the end, his ends don't justify his means of like defending people or trying to do good. Uh, or it might infer that Stephen himself. His personality is innocent, but Mark has done a lot of bad things in his life. Um, but after that, he, like, he, like, uses, like, Monster Reborn and, like, summons, like, this freaking, like, dog creature and sends it after Mark. Um, which, interestingly enough, we figure out, like, only Mark can see it. Which harkens back to the comics really well, like... Uh, a couple panels have been floating around of uh, a run I forget I keep forgetting who's writing these runs um, but Mark's in like a mental facility and he's like seeing things just like how Steven is seeing things like that nobody else can see um, but it's only when like he dons like dons his title as Moon Knight does he see these things um, but the end of the episode, they're cornered in a bathroom. Mark's like, give me the body. It sounds out of context. It really doesn't sound that good. Give, give me control of the body. Yeah. Um, and then he suits up all magical girl transformation, beats the dog's ass to Sailor Moon. And we get like a cool turnaround, which, uh, we saw from one of the trailers, um, I love how the suit looks. The suit. This is one of my favorite, uh, if not my favorite, MC uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe suit. Yeah, we could we could take a couple minutes to talk about this because uh, Moon Knight's suit in the comics is very plain. Like yes. a lot of artists accentuate Moon Knight's suit by making it glow, because Moon Knight, if you didn't already know, fights people at night when the moon's out because he has moon powers. Um, so they make his cape, usually like his, his skin, like anything that's like skin tight to him has like a grayish tone. Um, but usually like his cape and cowl and hood and everything like that are like a glowing white to accentuate his features. But besides really good shading and everything, Mark's suit is just white, which in this show they take it a step further and give him like Egyptian robes um, and like it just looks so at first I really didn't like it in like the first trailer that we saw like the sneak peek trailer and like the mm -hmm. early leaks that we got but it's grown on me so much seeing it in action and like seeing it multiple times and it being donned like the direction that they're taking him is very like he's like a magical based superhero in the MCU, less of like the traditional street fighting like vigilante he is in the comics. But it's so cool the way that it looks, like in the way that it like morphs onto him, like 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 a magical girl transformation. It just looks turning him into a mummy. It looks so cool and I love it. And like the we see that in the second episode he uses like his chest to like he can rip the sigil off and get like moon it's arrays like 
Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, he beats the shit out of the dog. Um, dog starts clawing out of the doorway, trying to get away. He's like, so ah, ah. It made me laugh so hard. It reminded me of those little creature things from the Scooby-Doo live-action movie. Uh. <laughs> um, but first episode, really solid, really good building for an anticipation for, like, wanting this. I feel like maybe Moon Knight is the best show to come out so far without any previous Marvel knowledge. Because so far, it's very standalone from the first two episodes. Every other thing that has been released for the MC- for Marvel on Disney+, Plus, you have to kind of have our existing knowledge. It's the only show that doesn't require existing knowledge. Yeah. And I think it does a st- storytelling very well. Very, This feels like a pilot episode that was pitched to a network and like they're trying to give as much information and like keeping people in for episode two. Um, and I really liked it. Um, if I had to give it a, a, like a, like an out of five score, I'd definitely give it like a 4.8 out of five. I'd agree with that. Um, and going on to the second episode, um, Steven's asking a lot more questions. Like, he knows that this isn't something that is just in his head. He knows that physical stuff is happening, you know. He just got ran out of a city. Uh, he just got gunned down in a, what, a bakery truck in the first episode? Uh, yeah, it was a truck devoted specifically to selling cupcakes. Amazing. And, like, he he knows that stuff is happening. So, he... What is it? The first thing he does is he goes to work, looks at the camera, finds out from the camera that everything that is happening is in his head, but is also real. Like, he's the only one that can see stuff when, when it's happening. Um, because yes. they look back at the footage, the jackal's not there, he's just running like a, like a wussy from nothing. Um, and then we get this scene where... Uh, Steven's looking up at the camera very intently, but it's a more serious face, and we actually see that it's Mark looking up at Steven. Um, really cool. Um, the back and forth between him and the security guard for the museum is, like, super cool. Uh, and I, I hope nothing happens to the security guard. I feel like he's going to die. Oh, no. <laughs> Probably. But, but um, we figure out... Uh, he tries to, I think I'm missing some details in between here, but, uh, he goes back to his apartment, but he has, like, the keys to a storage locker, and then he eventually finds a storage locker, right? Yes. Um, and then from the storage locker, he finds all of Mark's stuff, including a gun, his passport, which is a U.S. passport from what we see, um, and the beetle. Which we hear in the background uh, that the beetle. At first, I thought that he was going to use it as like a transformation device. <coughs> oh. Like he'd press the beetle, and like the beetle would like summon energy, and like he'd have like 
a Super Sentai Common Rider transformation. Sadly, sadly, it's not. Um, but the scarab is used to find the tomb of Amet. Uh, very specific thing. Uh, there's a bunch of back and forth between uh, uh, Mark and Steven. Steven's like, you're a killer, like, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to let you have my body. Um, and then Kanju's just like, bro, fucking kick his ass, Mark. Like, get in there. Um, and then he's like, I'm going to take all this stuff. I'm going to report you to the police. Uh, and then an amazing scene happens. And we didn't, I, we skimmed over this from the first episode, but the elevator scene. We saw this in a trailer. Oh my god. The elevator scene was amazing. Super. Conchu looks so fucking cool. Yeah, Conchu, <coughs> very comic accurate design, by the way. Very. I mean, it's very simple. Conchu's just a guy, a chicken in robes. Yeah. Uh, but very threatening, uh, very powerful looking. Uh, the horror esque scenes that we get with him that, like, makes Steven scared. Uh, are super good. I think it's so funny how the old lady gets freaked out and she's just trying to bank on somebody's door. <laughs> she's like, help me. So my friend lives here. Leave me alone. Um, I don't know why she was so scared of him. Like, I, I would feel uneasy if I, like, s went to step into an elevator and the first thing I was greeted by was somebody cowering in fear in the corner. But, like... I wouldn't immediately just be terrified of them, especially when they say, oh, I dropped a contact lens. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a semi-believable thing. And she just, and she, it seems like she's standing in the same room as like a murderer or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, she is standing in the same room as a murderer. Well, that's, uh, whatever. Steven's uh, not a murderer. <laughs> no, Steven, Steven has never done anything. He's a, he's a cinnamon bun. He is a cinnamon bun. Um... God, that made me think about Cookie Run. Hey, Cookie Run, can you sponsor us? Um, I'll do pulling streams. Yeah, same. Um, uh, so we get... Um, we get this similar scene in the second episode to the elevator scene, but it's Steven running in like a storage uh, facility, and Khonshu is like either like mentally or physically altering the space and like it's flashing around and like you get these brief like images of Khonshu like in the light and then the lights keep going on and off um visually amazing uh very horror-esque vibes but visually it just looks so cool um if I was Steven I would be pissing my pants I'd be like what did I get myself into scary chicken guy attacking me <laughs> but um after that uh, help me here i don't remember what happens after that scene after that after he's spooked by conchu and runs through a much longer version of the lockers that uh than we were initially led on to believe uh he runs outside and then uh runs into layla yeah, yeah. Runs into Layla. Okay. If you want to... You, do you want to take it from here? Sure. Okay, yeah. Um, he runs into Layla. Layla, understandably, who is Mark Spector's wife, is like, Mark, where the fuck have you been? 
what is going on, and Stephen and Stephen. Uh, you're my wife. Just sort of goes along with it. Yeah, you're my wife. Um, what? It, just, just is kind of confused. Um, she gives him a little motorcycle ride, and we get some, uh, some exposition thrown back and forth between them. Stephen just keeps saying, "I'm not Mark," and she's like, "Funny bit, Mark." Uh. Please t talk to me. I'm your wife. Please stop the role playing. We're not in bed. Yeah, no. Um, and they do this all the way back in, and then inside of his apartment. And Stephen starts to try to explain things to her properly about the whole uh, scarab thing. And Mark, after not talking for the longest time, uh, finally pops in. And he's like don't tell her about the scarab or she'll die and then i just whenever mark tells like, her about the scarab whenever whenever mark chimes in i'm always thinking of like him just being like i, I want memes to happen of it which Kanshu does a good job in this episode of like chiming in at times and makes it funny but i feel like you should be like erase, erase my search history mark she can't see it <laughs> don't 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 uh, Steven, erase my search history. She's not allowed to see it. Don't let her. Don't let her open the laptop. You can't find my justice. But, yeah, um, they're in her apartment. She gets the scarab. Um, they also have, like, a back and forth about, like, she's just, like, you're studying, like, museum, like, archaeology and, like, uh, stuff about Egypt, which we can assume that like some recesses of his mind finds this stuff familiar and that's why he's interested in in it because these are all things that we assume that mark already knows because layla is like you know she says that like this is your favorite book and he's like yeah and she's like no it's my favorite book uh he's studying like language and hieroglyphics and like she's completing his sentences and everything like that very cute, but at the same time, kind of freaky for him. Uh, but we, it, this I is... have this feeling that Steven's personality was created by Mark based solely around Layla. Very possible. Um, if, um, if you remember, Steven initially in the comics was Mark's imaginary friend. Oh. So Mark created an imaginary friend because he was lonely as a kid. Um, and eventually when everything came ahead with Khonshu and his mind was shattered, uh, Stephen, Stephen Grant was a personality, but it's a long lasting personality that he has. Like, it's weird to say it's a personality that Mark has history with in the comics because he identified it not just as a different personality within himself, but like as a separate entity. I think in this show, they, it, this this was definitely created as some type of either cover for what's happening right now with Amet or uh, maybe something to do with Layla, like you're saying. But go on. Um, and then uh, Layla slaps down in front of him uh, the reason why she's been trying to get a hold of him as much lately. And she slaps down divorce papers in front of him. And 
<laughs> Steven, the cinnamon bun that he is, was immediately like, wait a minute, I just found out that I have a wife. I don't want to get rid of you yet. Can't we talk this out? I, I, I wouldn't divorce you. What is this? I wouldn't do this. Um, and before any more words are said, uh, they are interrupted by a couple of fake police officers. Um, uh, these police officers are actually important characters. Um, they are... In the comic books, Ahmet has two servants that we actually find out are jackals um, that take the form of humans. These characters are supposed to be them because uh, we find out like literally a couple scenes later that they are actually part of uh, the group that Haro, Haro has. Um, but yeah, so um, they get they, they get knocked on their door by TSA. They're just like, we need to check. And then she's just like, no one's home. Um, uh, Steven's a cinnamon bun and gets the door docked in and they just start touching his stuff uh, and then Layla's hiding out on the roof um, and then eventually uh, what is it they they, they pick ha- up a the guy picks up a pyramid uh, this is stolen like, property what is this and Steven's like, uh, it's it's a paperweight. He's like, where did it come from? And Steven, it's like, the paperweight store? <laughs> and he gives him, like, the weirdest look. Like, why, why is it weird? I, I mean, yes, it's weird that there's a store devoted entirely to paperweights. But he can but, like, buy this. That That is the place that you would buy a paperweight, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Uh, it, this episode's a little foggy, so if you want to continue explaining. Yeah, um, they eventually, uh, they eventually track down, uh, a fake ID, well, uh, actually a proper ID that says the name Mark Spector on it. Yeah. Um, and arrest, uh, quote-unquote, arrest him on the spot, take him away, and they, uh, during the car ride, um... They explain um, how big of a deal Mark Spector is finally to um, to us, listing how many uh, what he he's got like twenty eight kills on record or something. Uh, yeah, uh, something world, crazy. Um, <laughs> just a very wanted worldwide fugitive. Yeah, and this is the, um, this is also the scene where we see that these guys actually work for Haro. We see that they have the tattoos like him. They're part of his organization. Yeah. Uh, they bring and they bring him to Haro. Um, Haro just walks over and it's just really chill. Yeah, he's like running like he's running like a Salvation Army type of deal where like it's a community that they don't necessarily they they all contribute to, but like don't necessarily they all have their own roles. It's like a like an old like Eurocentric like society that runs on technology that does run on technology, but like they don't have like normal societal structures, like. Haro's the leader, but like, it seems like they—it's like a cult. 
Exactly. It's just a cult. I don't know why I made it sound any more explicit. It's just a, a cult. As Haru explains, it's like a hive mind. They all share their own knowledge bases so that everyone can be as strong as everyone else. It's a cult, um, yeah. At one point, yeah, it is just a cult. Uh, at one point, he starts. Uh, uh, there's a girl who speaks Mandarin to him. He speaks Mandarin back. Yeah. Uh, fun fact: Simu Liu, uh, also known as uh, Shang Chi, uh, he s has gone on record to say that Ethan Hawke, who's the actor that plays Harrow, needs to fire his Mandarin coach because apparently it was horribly broken Mandarin. Dang. <laughs> um. Get roasted, which I find find is very funny. That does not happen for like Marvel and Disney stuff. Yeah. Um, so to have that happen is good. Maybe that was an acting choice that he made. Um, I'm I'm not sure. Uh, but he's explaining to him and talking to him about this world, this perfect world that he wants to create. Um, and explains to him that he was the previous uh, host for uh, Kanchu. And does this just this very... Kanchu is my favorite character uh, in episode two um, because of what uh, happens during the entire time that uh, Steven is hanging out with Harrow. Uh, Kanchu is just shouting in the back Minority the report through... Minority Report is the movie that they, they, they arrest people for future crimes. I got it. I looked it uh, up. <laughs> yeah. No. This is a Minority um, Report cult. But it's just shouting in the background. I am justice. He cannot understand. The yeah. that I and then he's he just like, like a WWE character the entire time. And then and Harris probably and Harris just like. What did he just say that he's justice? Yeah, yeah. he's like predicting what he's saying. Conchu, all right. <laughs> yeah, which very. I, I think this is a really cool direction because I don't think we've ever. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we've ever really seen other avatars of Conchu in the comics like come to the limelight and talk about their experiences with Conchu. Um, uh yeah, no, they, no one's talked about what they've done with Conchu. I. I, I know briefly just because I've seen it in Google Images. I haven't read the comic for it, but there is like a bit where uh, Moon Knight gets three like ancient Egyptian items, like the Millennium Puzzles, and unlocks memories of previous hosts for Kanchu. Um, Which is interesting. But, they don't but talk, I don't think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't think anybody's like put their two weeks in working with Kanchu. You know, I think most of yeah. them have either died. Or uh, they're like a mummy now, like an actual mummy. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I love, I love Kanchu. I love Kanchu in this. He's a he, yeah, snack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Later, later on, we'll, we'll get to that because it's like my favorite scene, and I kept playing it back over and over again. Um, so, Kanchu's just uh, Ahmed, not Ahmed, Ahmed's avatar Haro. Uh, it's kind of like. At the same at the same time of like telling him to join him and leave Conchu is just like where's the scarab? We need the scarab, and he explains to him what the scarab's used for, and he's just Mark's just like I don't got the scarab. I'm sorry. He's like this is good soup, but I don't have the scarab. Uh, they get soup by the way. Uh, this is good soup. I don't have the scarab. And That's then, unfortunate because I really want it. So give it to me. Yeah, he's just like give it to me, and everybody just starts standing up. 
And they're just like, we need the scarab. And it looks like they're about to jump him when Layla comes out of nowhere. And she's just like, I have the scarab. And then nobody jumps her. Uh, and then uh, she runs away with Mark. And she's just like, you know, put on the suit. And he's just like, the suit? What's the suit? And she's just like, come on, you know the suit. I've seen you put it on before. And she's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then uh, once again... Uh, Freaking Ahmet uses, or Haro uses, like, Call of the Haunted and summons back his creature from before uh, using some, like, mystical magic because he says that the cane has a fragment of Ahmet's power in it. Now, that's an interesting thing because a lot of people have theories of, like, what it could possibly be and everything like that, but. Ahmet has sealed her power within the cane, and that's how he gets his powers to receive judgment onto people. <laughs> My nose is plugging up every second that I speak, and I only imagine how this is going to sound in the recording. But, um, they run away, Layla's just like, you know, I need you to put on the suit, and then the jackal's still chasing after them. Uh, they eventually get quartered in this room. Uh, stop me if you want to say anything or have anything that I'm missing, but uh, they get into this room and she's just like, put on the suit. He's just like, I don't got a suit. Uh, and then the jackal comes in the room and Steven's freaking out, but Layla doesn't see it. Something that's very interesting is like, we pretty much get confirmed at this point. Mark is the only one that can see these crazy mystical things that are happening. They affect the real world, but he's the only one who can see them. I'm guessing Haro can also see them because he's the one summoning them. And possibly his yeah. acolytes can see them because they have the tattoo. Maybe. Yeah. Anyone that seemingly has an actual, like, touch of some kind by one of these Egyptian gods can just interact and see this other kind of other world uh, i'm sure we're gonna see more and more of that in the very next episode um and we'll get to why that is um but it's i i love i love when enemies are like invisible it is it's just one of my favorite things yeah, jo and, like, Jojo. One person can see them. <laughs> Jojo's so is really so turning this into the head. Like, oh, this dude's just fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, but it does, but it does affect the real world. Like Layla sees it push Mark. He he see she sees that Mark gets pushed through a window, um, but Layla can't he see. Slams a pot of like water or something on its head, and we can see a brief outline of yeah. his face. It's just invisible. It, yeah, that's that's all. Yeah, whether it's using, like, magic to cloak itself or, like, it's physically there, like, in this plane, but, like, our, the normal people's eyes can't see it, whether it's due to, like, magic or stuff. Um, uh, it's really interesting. But we see Mark get pushed out the window and, like, uh, not Mark, Steven. Steven gets pushed out the window uh, and then Mark's just, like, you gotta give me the body. You, I gotta put on the suit so we can fight him. And I want you to explain the next few things that happen. And then Steven pushed all of her thoughts outside of his brain. And only one word came to mind. 
suit, 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 and he just believed really hard as he was falling to his death. And the suit starts coming on him, uh, which is awesome. And then he smacks his head into a fucking pole like a Looney Tune, um, spins around and slams into the ground, fully suited up as Mr. Knight himself. I'm so happy they brought Mr. Knight into the into the TV show. Um, for those who don't know, Mr. Knight uh, <laughs> is just Moon Knight when he wants when he read Sherlock Holmes for a week. He just really wanted to be a detective, and he's just wearing a fully white suit and a fully white mask. <laughs> yeah, it's. And the co- the 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 show has definitely taken a different turn of what Mister Knight has become. Um, we see uh, we see him fight. Stephen uh, fights the jackal a little bit uh, in this suit, um, and from what we can ex- from what we can tell from this episode, Mister Knight is going to be Stephen's superhero persona. Whether he gets called Mr. Knight or he is still Moon Knight and it's just a different suit, we it's, it's for us to see in the future. Um, but this is the suit that he dons. Mr. Knight in the comic books is just more... It's it's still Mark. Uh, in the comic books, it's, it's more or less just Mark being Moon Knight. But it's... Uh, him when he's not out fighting crime and when he's actually talking to people because uh, he's talking to police and stuff yeah like moon knight actually runs like a professional business not for money or anything uh called the midnight mission like where yeah. people come for their problems which usually includes like vampires werewolves or other things I like love that. that he's such a people person you know yeah he like like crazy moon knight's still there but he's like professional because he has like the gloves and the suit and tie and like this is how he talks to normal people instead of like his crazy caped crusader persona Uh, it's still the same guy but uh they've taken it and made it steven superhero persona in the show uh really interesting he gets uh, so back to the fight, he gets thrown around by the jackal and like, they look in the mirror and he's just like, look, man, I can't be psycho Colonel Sanders. You have to let me have the body so I can beat this thing up. Such a good line. He was just like, he was just like, Moon Knight. he was like, suit. He was just like, we look like crazy Colonel Sanders. He's like, what is this? Looked really good on him though. I will say, um, I, I love that he, that he still like fully has moon knight's powers and probably his equipment somewhere i'm sure that like he had some kind of way to have like the moon battering thing yeah i'm um, sure as mr knight but it, it's just steven being a sweet summer child and not knowing a single thing yeah he like rolls try. he rolls up the <laughs> sleeves and he's just like i'm gonna beat you he's like i'm yeah. gonna fist to cuffs uh and he state like there's one point where he stands up and he tries to get himself up by like grabbing um the fender of a car and then as he goes to grab it the car's fender just bends and buckles under his hand and he just rips it off by accident yeah i think this is a good point for us to talk about the difference of what moon knight is in this versus the comics because moon knight has powers yeah so modern moon knight does technically have powers he because okay 
short history on Moon Knight. He used to just be a crazy guy and had a fake dude. Yeah, just a fake god. Stephen Grant was his persona to get money so he could do the Moon Knight things as Mark. Uh, But he was just, honestly, he was just like, I hate when people say this, but he is just Marvel's Batman. Like, he has the money surplus. He fights people at night. Uh, he fights crime in the name of justice and vengeance. Uh, and he, he doesn't pull his punches. Um, no. But he was just a powerless guy. Modern comics have made it like Khonshu's real. He's an actual Egyptian god. Um, he revived Mark and now he has the powers of the moon, which means depending on the phase of the moon the more of the moon that shows in the sky man it is hard to breathe with my freaking nose plugged in completely uh (laughs) god i'm gonna die i need to breathe uh the more of the moon that's showing in the night sky the more power he has so during a full moon mark is actually the the most powerful version of himself that he can have in the comics, there's this thing called the Supermoon, which Moon Knight gains, like, superhuman, crazy, powerful. He could fight the Avengers one-on-one. Like, crazy things. He also has the ability to, like, steal powers away from the Avengers, which is a totally different thing. Wait, do you know what, do you know what run that's in? Can you, like, can you, like, help me find that? Because now I, oh, yeah, so... I haven't... So anybody who last wa- time I read a uh, Moon Knight uh, run, it was uh, the run where Mister Knight debuted. Yeah. So modern Moon Knight, uh, the current run is actually really good, but it's the fallout from a cur- uh, an event that happened in the Avengers books. So uh, we'll get back to comparing him in a second, but the the run that I'm talking about is so Konshu. At this point, I don't think Moon Knight was really doing much in the comics. Like, he was doing, like, the normal, like, beating people up. But he wasn't doing anything crazy. Well, Khonshu said... Khonshu, in in this run, Khonshu's like... I had this vision that Mephisto took over the Earth. And then Mark's just like, okay, I've been having the same vision as you. We need to stop him. So Khonshu's just like, alright, I need you to gather the power of, like, all the Avengers... So, when I have the power of all the Avengers, we can defeat Mephisto. Like, me plus all other powers, I'll be able to kill Mephisto, right? So, essentially what happens is... Khonshu orders Mark during this special time, which is during, like, a supermoon. Which, apparently, Moon Knight uh, gains extra power and is, like, super powerful. More powerful than he usually is during a full moon. And, like, gains, like, incredible durability, speed feats, and, like, all kinds of stuff, right? He, like, goes, like, Super Saiyan. Well, he goes and fights all the, like, Avengers and Avengers-esque allies, and he steals their powers. And then he gives the powers to Khonshu, and then Khonshu's just like, okay, good. And then he takes over the world. And he's just like, I will be, I will be the justice the world needs. He goes to Mephisto, kills Mephisto. Uh, this is also the notorious run where we see that uh, it's explained that Mjolnir 
uh, it's very comp. It has a very complicated comic book backstory, also, especially currently. Uh, I don't even want to talk about what's happening in Thor comics right now. Uh, we're explained that Thor's hammer is made of Uru, right? Space metal, right? Well, it's explained to us that Uru is actually from the first moon ever created in the solar system. So, it's made of moon rock. So, during no. a supermoon, Moon Knight can no. control Mjolnir with its with his mind. So, <laughs> Thor throws Mjolnir at him, and then he kind of like holds up his hand, and Moon is just like, you know what Uru is? Moon rock. So, he can... He's not worthy, but he can manipulate it, just like how Magneto can kind of manipulate Mjolnir. So, he beats Thor up with Mjolnir. He gives Mjolnir to Khonshu, uh, who can wield it. Maybe because he's a moon god, I'm not sure. Uh, but he gives all these powers, like the powers of different Avengers, to Khonshu. Khonshu goes and kills Mephisto. He's sitting on his throne, and he's just like, you know... I need you to get the rest of the Avengers' powers because the rest of the Avengers are going to stop me. And if they stop me, then big threats like Mephisto are going to come again. Well, halfway through this, uh, Marx is just like, Khonshu's being a real mean guy to me. So I'm going to turn against him. So all in all, what happens at the end of the run, I don't want to spoil the big stuff just because I feel like you want to read it. But at the end, Khonshu this is... Uh, this hasn't been the big stuff? Well, the the in between stuff like the oh, different okay. fights, seeing whose powers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, um, and something else that happens later on, which is really cool. Uh, I'll just let you read. But Moon Knight allies himself with the Avengers at the last moment. Uh, Thor beats the crap out of Khonshu, and he's just like, "Give me my hammer." Uh, Khonshu gets arrested and is placed in a holding cell in Wakanda. Uh. Mark handcuffs. (laughs) Um, (coughs) Vibranium is now moon rock, so he's safe. Uh, So, we actually the fallout of this is that Mark has committed crimes, but it's all he was also the influence. He was under the influence of Conchu, right? So, the Avengers give him like this ultimatum where he's just like. We know you didn't do this, but you still have to hold some type of responsibility to it. We'll let you be Moon Knight, but we want you to seek counseling and therapy. So that's where his run picks up currently. And Mark has the Midnight Mission going on. He has uh, some people working with him. He gets visited by some old Avengers friends that he had on the West Coast. Uh, And... uh, he has to go to therapy. A large chunk of his current run is him at therapy with his therapist. And it is such a an amazing... Like, if people... if the, I'm glad that this run started so, like, quickly before the announcement happened. Because if people want to learn about Moon Knight, this is definitely a good jumping on point at issue one of the current 2021 run of Moon Knight. That because, became very wholesome at the end. They were just like... Go get help, man. Well, he kind of did okay. some. He kind of did some crazy things and like That's maybe fair. embodied a cosmic entity and tried to kill Konshu himself. Uh, but uh, it's it's definitely an interesting thing. It's uh, 
Jason Aaron's currently writing. Uh, I think it's Jason Aaron is currently running the Avengers books. He's been doing it for like four years now. I gotta recheck a tweet that I made uh, about it because I definitely was talking about it. Uh, da, 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 da. Aaron. Yeah, Jason Aaron is currently doing the run has been doing has been writing the avengers run since like 2018 so like he's been writing it for so long because you know if like comic book writers they usually go for like a story arc or like a story arc or two like a year or two on a comic run and then they leave right um yeah. unless you're jonathan jonathan hickman and then you take like four different then you take like two years on one book two years on another book and it's all like one story love jonathan hickman but uh it i i love this current run of moon knight because like he he's humanized I, my favorite part about moon knight isn't like his costume is cool and everything like that but like the human element of moon knight it's definitely the part that captures me and makes me so involved with this character um but uh back to the original thing that we were talking about um moon knight in the comics now he has moon powers but like they're not really like he can't like do crazy things like his suit's still a suit he doesn't transform or anything like that and like he still just uses like weapons that he's bought in or bought the material and manufactured himself um he's definitely not this magical warrior of an ancient moon god that can summon a suit and has like unlimited moon daggers in his chest like how the disney plus show is depicting him this is like this is honestly i feel like this is what ultimate moon knight should have been in the ultimate universe like a total 180 of what the character is because traditionally moon knight isn't he's just a normal guy like this is a very hot take on him i i i very my only real interactions that i've had with moon knight prior uh, prior to like reading the mr knight run um and uh and seeing uh him when he was oh wasn't what didn't he like take up the role as ronin at one point and like beat the crap out of uh spider-man for kingpin uh possibly i think that might have that might have been the ultimates run uh, that, that that sounds about right yeah that, that was a very, very violent time uh, in the Marvel comics. Everybody in the Ultimate um, Comics was either, like, incestual, uh, cannibal, or much darker than what they usually were. Yeah. Um, but prior to that, my only interaction with Moon Knight had been uh, him inside of um, his, like, appearances inside of the... Um... Oh, what, what were those... Uh the marvel hero alliance games or whatever oh ultimate alliance games ultimate alliance games yeah they had some comic panels in there too uh showing off uh him when he had the split person uh sorry the did of um uh captain america wolverine and spider-man that is the worst run of moon knight if you want to read moon knight <laughs> and you actually want to know about like his mental health issues and everything like that don't read that run because it 
it takes the already established multiple personalities of Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, and Jake Lockley, which I want to talk about Jake when we get towards the end of this episode, uh, and mashes them together and tries to make it like that he doesn't have multiple personalities. He's just crazy, and he thinks that like he's talking to other superheroes. Um, that was actually my first exposure to Moon Knight before I started reading Moon Knight comics. Mm. And it really alienated me, because when I first started reading, I was just like, but where's, why isn't he talking to Spider-Man? Who's Steven? Who's this? Where's Peter? Like, where's Cap? Which, on one hand, saying that... Moon Knight is a combination between Wolverine, Spider-Man, and Captain America isn't totally wrong. It's just, I feel like it's an insult to the character to, like, say these personalities are supposed to be what he is. Like, the, like he doesn't actually have DID. He's just, he, he thinks that he, he, he's these characters. Um, which, in that run, he also, like, <laughs> he has, like, a fake shield of Captain America's, he has web shooters and like extendable claws, like those heroes do. Um, so. But yeah, no. Um, I definitely think this this take of Moon Knight's interesting. Um, but Tor, if you finish the rest of this episode, and then we can talk some more about uh, some other things. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, Mark gets a really good swing in on the Jackal, um, uh, and then proceeds to get his butt kicked by the Jackal for a bit, uh, and Mark finally convinces him, uh, to be able to, uh, have Mark take control to both save him and Layla, who is now being pinned by the Jackal, I believe. Yeah, it's hot. Um, uh, and then... Uh, we finally get to see the suit in its full. Um, the the proper suit. We got to kind of see it in the first episode. This time it's out. It's in broad daylight. Uh, I don't know if... It, it might just be like kind of a downside of having an all-white costume. You know? Uh, I don't know if you had similar thoughts, but when, when I've saw that suit in the like broad daylight um at times it felt sort of like the suit was cgi even though it was definitely not made of cgi um, i definitely think parts of it probably are like in certain angles or like in certain shots i definitely think it's very like a majority of the suit is definitely some after effects in some form probably um but it looks fantastic and mark just starts beating the crap out of the jackal uh and they start running across the rooftops in a really well shot action sequence every single action sequence of the show so far has been spot on perfect i've mm. yeah um and then after he beats up the jackal um we see that uh, Haro gets the scarab from, like, this homeless guy or something, uh, sucks the life out of him, uh, without even passing judgment on him, so fake god right there, um, 
And then he also, Layla watches this entire thing and doesn't stop him, by the way. Um, and then he sees Layla and then she drives away. Uh, and then after that, Mark is in, goes into like the square, uh, which, uh, he goes into the square uh, we we missed we missed the best scene. We didn't talk about this when he's talking to Haro, and uh, Steven's just like he sees like Conchu in the background. He's just like Mark, or he's just like Steven. Do you see him? And then in the back, there's Conchu with like his cape flowing in the wind. <laughs> like it's just a quick transition, and you see Conchu. Uh, he's just like, what is he telling you? And he's just like, kill him. And he's just like. Is he telling you to kill me? And then it snaps back to Conchu. You're just like, snap his neck! And that... Initially... Like, when I heard Conchu's voice, I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't take it. Like, I wanted it to be, like, this more godly thing. But those scenes have solidified this con Like, Conchu and this live-action portrayal to be... Probably... If he keeps this up, he's probably going to be my favorite part of the MCU going forward. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. I haven't even thought about the implications that we might get Moon Knight in actual movies now. Yeah. I I I hope I hope that like Mark doesn't die somehow. I I really hope that this isn't just uh Moon Knight just showing up for only 6 episodes and disappearing. Yeah. Um um but the end of this episode uh we see that Steven is is fighting control with Mark. Um, Mark doesn't want to give up the body. He's just like, no, it's my body now. Uh, and then they have this, like, crazy scene where he's, like, destroying the glass so he doesn't have to see Steven anymore. And then we are then, we then see him, uh, Mark talking to Khonshu. And Mark also tells Steven that if he doesn't complete the mission that Khonshu wants him to do, he'll take Layla away. Because Layla is apparently Khonshu's next possible candidate uh, for being Moon Knight or to be his avatar. And that's not what Mark wants. He wants to protect Layla at all costs. Um, which uh, even Haro has even said that Khonshu makes false promises. Like he'll tell you this is the last mission, but it's not really the last mission. He'll reel you in and like use you. Uh, which is very true from what we see so far because he's very manipulative. Khonshu is even said to Mark, like, this isn't your body. I revived you. This is my body. You will do what I, you'll do as I say um, type of stuff, uh, which we see that these these parts of Khonshu from the comics where he's a manipulative, uh, a manipulative part of Mark's life is really poking out. Like, Khonshu is not a good guy like no. he has his moments but he's definitely not a good guy for what he does to mark they have very some some people liken it to like an abusive father relationship that they have um and the end of this episode has um steven wake up in a bed in cairo egypt uh Actually, I think it's supposed to be Mark waking up in a bed on a bed in Cairo, Egypt, drinking 
and it opens and we see the city that he is in and that is the end and episode three we can anticipate that stuff is gonna start rolling because they're in cairo and that oh is God. apparently where ahmet's tomb is because that is the only plot line we have currently uh is that they're looking for ahmet's tomb all of the themes of uh egyptian mythology i've loved yeah the, and the thing. music and is awesome like music's the... on point this whole show just feels so good i'm i'm really interested to see if we uh if we see any more vessels for any of the other uh egyptian gods it'd be interesting to like just keep introducing them yeah or find some kind of connection or common ground to like any of the other mythos characters there are inside of the mcu yeah i i give a i give this i definitely think this episode is like as close to a five as i can get it i probably if if i gave the first episode a 4.8 this would probably have to be like a 4.9 4.95 out of 5 it doesn't get a perfect because there are certain things that you know that hold it back i don't see it as like a perfect episode so far just because like we still have the whole series to look at as a whole um but really strong episode really strong episode i really liked it um but as a whole so far this series is very promising um i can't wait to see what there is for the future of it and i i i'm just excited i really like moon knight what they're doing so far with him is pretty great um i hope he gets established into the greater mcu as like uh like somewhat of like a I want to put him as like a street level to like probably like higher than that like everybody fought in infinity war street level characters or not so i i definitely think he'll be more important just because of his ties with khonshu and like him actually having powers um uh, but yeah um those are all my opinions uh i'm i'm i want to hear what you what you think i I think that we've got a really good show here. I'm it's leaving you speechless. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it yeah, sorry. Sorry. Uh I got a weird text there. Um I I've always seen Moon Knight as a goofy character. I've never I've never really um enjoyed it when he's been serious. And to be able to take uh him into uh th into this kind of series where they perfectly mix how goofy he is um and the stuff around him with this uh Batman level of like violence uh and do it so well is amazing to me yeah one of moon knight's most famous quotes that he has is he's like i'm not spider-man he's like i don't care what happens to any of you guys like you're all just punching bags to me like he he likens himself to like 
not the Punisher and not but not Spider Man, uh, which I feel like is a perfect uh, a, a perfect description of what Moon Knight is. Um, but yeah, there's but... this great panel where, um, where Spider Man is talking to Moon Knight, uh, and Moon Knight had previously like dressed up as Spider-Man and just impersonated him. Um, as he does. Yeah. Because because that was his personality for the moment. He was Spider-Man. Um, and Spider-Man was like, did you dress up as me and like beat up strippers? <laughs> uh, and, and Moon Knight was like, I, I was doing research. <laughs> Something like that. And Spider-Man was like, research that required beating up strippers is me and he's like shut up <laughs> that's great i he's just a grumpy guy who does what the whatever the fuck he wants yeah i i i i have high hopes for for the series i i hope that whatever whatever cash or whatever thing that Marvel wants to get out of it, they get out of it without bad things happening to the character per se. Like, I don't want them to deprecate the character for the cash grab, or I don't want them to see its worth only as what we have so far. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I just have high hopes that he is used in the greater MCU because he, like, if we can have, like, you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, he's, like, the most famous, like, one of the most famous superheroes, Marvel's most famous superhero that they have, um, undebatably, because people know about Spider-Man and people don't read comics. Uh, yeah. But it's, he's such a fun character. And, uh, I can only hope that they can pull out all the sides of him, both violent, funny, and the uh, very serious moments with him dealing with stress and his DID and everything. Uh, but yeah, I, I have nothing else really to say on it. Uh, we'll be talking more about it next, uh, next time we do the pod. Um, yeah, if you just have some ending thoughts... I'm I'm excited for the to record the next episode of this because at that point four episodes should be out. Yeah. Uh and we'll probably be able to have some kind of better idea of how this is going to shape out and end at that yeah, point. Yeah, definitely. Um It's it's good. It feels good to to have a show to look forward to every single week. Yeah. Yeah. Um and they they've definitely been better about this because whether it's star whether it's star wars or marvel disney has definitely been filling out these gaps that they have with content yes but um yeah if you have uh, if you if you have if you don't have anything else to say i mean uh this episode probably has been our longest one so far um uh, we had a lot of news, uh, and we've been talking about this for over an hour, uh, talking about these two episodes for over an hour. Um, 
but yeah, um, uh, I haven't told Vince this, but um, for the first three episodes, we haven't had uh, any art or anything like that. Um, we both. Oh my God. We 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 we, uh, we both have lives. Vincent is an artist himself, uh, which hopefully will um, he'll have some uh, art for us uh, up sometime in the near future. He's a busy boy uh, with a life. Um, but I did have some art commissioned for us, and uh, my art guy actually just DM'd me on Twitter uh, this afternoon, uh, and uh, he actually sent me uh, the rough for the banner. And hopefully by the time this is uploaded, he'll have the entire thing done and we'll have it on the YouTube and on the Twitter. Uh, and it'll also be in our outro for the episodes forthcoming. Um, I will send you uh, a DM with what he has as the rough sketch so far, but I really love it. Um, but um, we don't really have anything else left. Um, this is going to end uh, today's episode. Um, if you want to link up with us, tweet at us, talk to us in any shape or form, you can leave a comment, uh, like, and subscribe, by the way, uh, hit the <laughs> notification bell to get, uh, the newest videos, uh, in your feed, get that algorithm going, uh, but, um, follow us on Twitter, I am at lying, lying underscore mask, I am at Vincent Barlow 8, and you can tweet at us at domesticbfpod on Twitter, yeah, guys, we will see you next time. Bye, beautiful people.